This morning, um, I'm going to actually get back and, and kind of wrap up a series I started and I got away from for a couple of weeks um, because I had a couple of messages I, w- I wanted to kick Lent off with. But I want to talk about I am again. We, we talked about Jesus' I am statements. And today, I'm going to talk about Jesus saying, I am the true vine. I actually preached from this text several months ago, and, and that's really what led me to think, hey, we really need to look at who Jesus says he is. And I don't think there's a more appropriate time than during this time of Lent to look at Jesus as the vine and how we should stay abiding in him. This morning's text is going to come from John. Um, it's going to come from John, and it's going to be chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. And again, it's going to talk about Jesus and his illustration of he being the vine, us being the branches. Sometimes, sometimes we forget what our jobs are. You ever forget what your job is? Sometimes some of us, especially me, like to get out of my lane. I like to control things. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. But sometimes I like if, to make sure things get done. I would just soon be a part of it. And I need to be a part of a whole lot. There's a lot of things that I don't need to mess with. But sometimes I think if my participation is not there, it don't happen. And it's no knock on you all. That's a fault of mine. I'm the same way in my personal life, too. But what I want to talk to you about this morning are Jesus' words. You see, the, the, the really neat thing about this book right here is it's God's Word. It's God's Word. And it's not predicated on whether I believe it or not. It's God's Word, no matter what I think of it. It's still God's Word. I can't change that. It's not predicated on what you believe. It's God's Word. Now, we should have an understanding of the Bible. That's why we come here. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we participate in Bible studies. Is for us to understand the Bible better. But what we think of, it doesn't change what it is. It's God's Word. We understand it. We grow our relationship with Christ. We do stay connected to the vine by reading this Word. But what really keeps us connected to the vine is what, is what I want to talk about today is our understanding of it, but also how we apply it to our life. We read it. It's God's Word. We understand it. That's great. But unless we apply it, we make these words come to life, then it, well, let's just say that's the most important part, is how we use these words, how we apply them to ourselves, the way we influence ourselves, our actions, the way we influence others is what's really, really important. You see, Jesus love to use stories and illustrations. And I'm thankful for that because I learn really well with stories and illustrations. I like to tell stories. I like to hear stories. 
and I can relate stories to my life. And I think back about the stories that, that's written, that Jesus has spoken, is written in the New Testament. And, and I, oftentimes, I, I just, one just comes to mind, and I'm thinking, man, that is awesome. That's the way Jesus liked to teach. So, believe it or not, I'm going to tell a story to get started. And this story is true. I like to compare in my life my relationship with Christ to the results you can see in my life. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I do everything right. I, I don't, but through... Christ's perfection, we should be able to see in our own lives how we grow. Um, I told this story uh, a couple weeks ago when I, when I had the opportunity to, to, to preach at, at my school. But a few years ago, I had gotten a little bit heavy. That happens to me occasionally. Um, I have to watch it. And growing up, I would have never thought I would have this issue because I couldn't gain weight. And if I don't watch what I eat, I don't exercise, it does not take long for it to get out of hand. So a few years ago, three or four years ago, I was about to turn 30. Uh, more like 20, almost 30 years ago. I was about to turn 30 years old, and I had gotten heavy. I was still pretty active, but I worked a lot. I know that's hard to believe, too, but I worked a lot, and I let my physical being go a little bit. I still was doing things, but I couldn't do it because I would gotten out of shape. And... I went to the doctor, and he put me on blood pressure medicine. I was, again, fairly young when that happened, and he uh, told me uh, I needed to uh, get in a little better physical condition. I said, okay. And I told him about my life. He said, what you need to do is join a gym. I'm like, okay, I'll join a gym. So we, I join this gym, and I meet this personal trainer, and he shows me everything I should be doing. He said, if you do this, it, and his saying was, if you do this, I'll give you a pretty good workout. His idea of a pretty good workout, mine was totally different. He was trying to kill me. And, and uh, <laughs> So after I went through his workout the first time, I noticed there was this little smoothie bar. You could get snacks and stuff. So I'm like, I want to ease into this life-changing event. I'm going to enjoy some of the good stuff. And I'm going to watch other people work out. And he says, when do you want to check back in? I said, give me a few weeks to ease into this. And I enjoyed the smoothies and some danishes, and I watched people work out. I was paying my dues, doing what a good gym, gym member should do. I was paying my dues and, and was, was doing this, and I stepped on the scales that first way, and I had gained eight pounds. <laughs> I'm like, man, the doctor was wrong. Joining a gym did not do anything for me. It, I'm in worse shape now than I was just a few weeks ago when I started. So I talked to my personal trainer, and he's like, well, tell me about your workout. I said, that workout you gave me is tough. He said, well, what have you been doing? So I told him what I've been doing. He said, how often have you been coming to the gym? I said, I've been coming three or four days a week. It's a great place. He said, yeah, but for you to get results, you're going to have to use some of these machines over here. You're going to have to get on the bicycle. You're going to have to get on the treadmill. That's the only way you're going to see a difference in your life. I'm like, that's not what I came here to hear. 
I'm paying my dues. I'm coming. I'm being active in this gym, and I'm not getting any results. And he said, it don't work that way. So he put me on a program. I got dedicated. I did get in decent shape. And then, again, I'm always either gaining or losing weight. Uh, you've probably seen that the couple of years that you've known me. I'm always one or the other. It's hard for me to maintain. But what I noticed is when I'm really taking my physical condition serious, I can get in pretty decent shape. But to do it, I have to be dedicated. I have to stay connected to a plan. I have to stay connected to the plan. And I want you to think about that story as I go through Jesus being the vine and us being the branches. I want to, I want to read some scripture and again, it's John chapter 15, and it's verses 1 through 11. And Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them must bear fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you for the truth. Lord, I just pray this morning, as we study this uh, scripture, Lord, that we, uh, we learn that to be complete in you, we must abide in you. To become more like you, we have to stay connected to you. Lord, I just pray that your words flow through me. If not, they flow in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, uh, that scripture, Jesus tells a story. I don't know if you've noticed how many times he said the word abide. I want you to think about that too, abide. In other words, hang out with Jesus, be with Jesus, be connected to Jesus. And then at the end, it talks about joy. And this sermon is structured in the same way. It's intended for you to see the importance in abiding in Jesus and then experiencing the joy that only comes from Him. And if we back up one verse, or excuse me, one chapter, and we, we look at the last verse of chapter 14, it tells us that Jesus and His disciples were about to leave the upper room. And they were heading to the garden where Jesus was going to pray, and later he'd be arrested. Jesus told this story en route to the garden. You see, in this chapter, Jesus says 
I am the true vine. Again, he identifies himself as I am the true vine. And I can imagine that as Jesus is walking, he probably takes a vine for an illustration. A good teacher would have one. And he would have an illustration. He would show how the branches are connected to the vine. So again, that's the picture I want you to have this morning. But why did Jesus give them this teaching now? And you see, the answer to that is simple. They needed it. He was getting ready to, uh, to be going away, and he had informed them that he was going to be going away. But his work had to continue. He was not going to be physically with them anymore, but his work, the work he had started, had to continue. And for them to continue, for, for the disciples to continue that work, they had to stay connected to Jesus. They had to stay connected to the vine. If they were to carry on the work, they knew that they needed to know how to produce fruit. This morning, we're over 2,000 years removed from that night. But the work the Lord has in store still needs to be done today. It continues today. You see, God's still working through his followers. See, to accomplish this work, he's using us. He's using us every day. And many of us may be sitting here thinking, well, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be continuing this work? One thing is, you're here. That's awesome. I am so glad you're here. The other thing is, you're listening to his word. You're reading his word. But the biggest thing you can do is apply his word to your life. Again, joining a gym is great. It's great. I bought new clothes. I mean, it was wonderful. But until I, until I started learning what to do and applying that, I didn't get any better physically. Our spiritual lives are the same way. The things that we learn from this book and from each other, we have to apply to our life. We have to keep abiding in the vine, but we have to apply them to our life. You see, Jesus is genuine. He is the true vine. He said, I am the true vine. We know that he is. And he is the source of the everlasting, abundant life. And for us to experience that life, we have to stay connected to him. We have to abide with him. We have to stay in his word. We have to keep doing his work. We have to keep feeding the hungry. We have to keep doing the things that need to be done. That's what he's telling us in this story. And it also tells us who the gardener is. In this story, it tells us who the gardener is. And the gardener is the father. The father is the vine dresser. He's the one that's taking care of the vines. You see, he is the one responsible for the whole vineyard. He is the gardener. You see, the gardener's involved in everything that has to do with the vine. Everything that has to do with the vine. It, the gardener offers protection. He provides tender watch over his vineyard. 
He sees it all. You see, nothing passes his knowledge. He knows what's going on in his vineyard. He also purifies. The gardener purifies his vineyard. And he challenges his vineyard. He challenges his branches to bear fruit. The word remove also can mean to raise up, to lift up. Sometimes we get challenged. Sometimes we feel so overwhelmed and tired that we just stop. We lay down. Imagine a vine, the branches on the vine doing the same thing, and they're in the ground. They're on the ground, and they're there to be trampled on. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I get tired. But praise the Lord, we have a gardener who knows when we need to be lifted up. Because to continue in Him, to continue abiding in Him, we have to be raised up. We have to get that sunshine. We have to be off the ground. When we're on the ground, we can't be fruitful. You see, in our Christian lives, in our spiritual lives, to be fruitful, we have to be lifted up. The Father does that. He does it through other people. Sometimes we need to be encouraged. We need to be lifted up so we can bear more fruit. He also cleanses the branches. He removes things from the branches that suck its energy, that takes its nutrients. Uh, I remember working tobacco years ago. We would we'd get those suckers off of them, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun when you got finished. You were all sticky, but it... The gardener does us the same way when there's things in our lives that suck in our energy, that's keeping us from becoming spiritually who we're supposed to be. He gets rid of them for us. We get rid of them. So they don't take our energy. I have certain routines. I commute a long way to, to church, but I commute a long way also to school every morning. And I listen to a lot of radio, which is... I, I get in ruts sometimes, and uh, I'm a big Tennessee sports fan. So every now and then I listen to sports talk. I'm not telling you that it's terrible and it's bad for you, but there's other things that are better for you. There's not a whole lot of good news on sports talk or talk radio anymore or on the news anymore. And what I committed to do, and I actually started this before Lent, was I was going to start listening to books and sermons again on my commute. You wouldn't believe in just a few short weeks what a difference it's made. It's lifted me up. It's encouraged me to bear fruit again. Because when you do that, you don't hear anything negative. You only hear the truth. I've got a routine coming up here on Sunday morning. I listen to uh, a sermon and I listen to the same two or three songs because I'm a creature of habit. But again, I need that to lift me up. I can listen to anything in the world. I've got a salad. I can listen to anything in the world. But for me to be who I'm supposed to be, I need to hear that word. But again, sometimes we need to be pruned because we've got things in our life that suck in our energy. 
And when we have that, we've got to look for the Word of God because the Word of God is like a mirror. It don't lie. It don't lie. As I'm continuing on my journey, I'm trying to bear more fruit. All I have to do is read this Word and see how I'm applying it to my life and I can gauge how I'm doing. Again, I'm not perfect, but praise the Lord, Jesus is perfect. And it's through Him that we are able to live out our spiritual life. Nothing that we can do. You see, the word's also like a knife. In Hebrews tells us it's like a knife. So, it, oftentimes, we can use it to cut out the things that's not bearing fruit, the things that's not increasing our relationship with Christ. You see, the vine has a true purpose. The purpose of the vine is to use its branches to produce fruit. That's the sole reason for its existence. Without fruit, without fruit, the efforts can be wasted. Again, the true vine has a singular purpose, and that's to bear fruit for the glory of God. Sometimes we may bear fruit and we think it's from us. It's really not. Anything good comes from Him. You see, the vine desires to produce fruit. He desires to produce fruit that the vine dresser, the gardener, our, our, our father, gets the honor for. You see, all glory passes on to the gardener. You see, we ought to have a burning desire this morning. That burning desire is to live our lives every waking moment bringing glory to the Father. Every bit of fruit that comes from us, if we're abiding, the only way it comes from us is if we're abiding in the vine. And the only way it comes is if we're giving God the glory. You see, the only way we can bear fruit is to be attached to the vine. The only way we can bear fruit is to be attached to the vine. The only way we can grow our spiritual lives is to be attached to Christ. Again, I, I didn't count, but several times, I don't know how many, I'm going, I'm going to go back and count. Many, many times he said, you must abide in me. For us to be who we're supposed to be, for us to bear the fruit that he intends for us to bear, we have to be connected to Him. And the fruit we should be bearing are things that make us, we're actually things that when people look at us, they can see Christ. Again, we're not perfect, but Christ is. So the things when people look at us, they should see the results of Christ in our life. And the fruits that we're talking about, Paul describes in Galatians 5 when he says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we're abiding in the vine, those are the fruit that people will see. Those are the results of us abiding in the vine. Those are the results of us working out our spiritual life. You see, our goal every day should be to be more like Christ. And the only way we can be more like Christ is to have a relationship with Him, to be connected with Him. Again, going to the gym was not good enough. Paying my dues was not good enough for me to get in physical condition. 
I had to work it out. It was there. All I had to do was accept it. I was paying them. Everything I needed to get in physical condition was there. I saw it. But for me, to get in better physical condition, I had to use it. Our spiritual life's the same way. Jesus has put everything in place that we need. He has taken care of everything. All we need to do is abide in Him. And again, when we are abiding in Him, the thing that Paul describes in Galatians 5, this fruit of the Spirit is what things, the results that people should see. And again, but what we've got to remember is none of it comes from us. None of these fruits come from us. It only comes because we're connected to the vine. And for us to do what we're supposed to do, we have to give that honor and glory to the gardener, to our Father. You see, when we're living in the Spirit, you can see these, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, in our actions. But you see, I'm actually going to. Verses 7 through 11. Verses 7 through 11 describes some promises that are made. See, for those of us who abide in the vine, the true vine, we can rest assured of some some certain promises. The first one is an awesome prayer life. If we're truly connected to the vine, we're going to be blessed with a good communication to the Father through the vine. We're going to be communicating with Christ. Another thing is we're going to be blessed with unending love. Jesus loves us always. He loves us always. But for us to grow more like Him, to get that ever-deepening relationship with Him, we have to remember we're the branches. He's the vine. And for us to produce fruit, we have to be connected to Him. I want to talk about joy again. Sometimes we think about joy and we confuse it with happiness. You see, joy that comes from God does not depend on circumstances. You see, joy is in divine nature. It comes from God. It originates with God and is only given from God. It is unaffected by earthly and material things. You cannot experience joy by buying things. The only way you can experience joy is a relationship with Christ. You see, joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is a product of faith. Joy is a product of our faith in Jesus Christ. Joy in the Lord produces faithfulness. You see, Jesus is the true vine. He desires to live. He desires that we live our life connected to Him, that we may bear fruit and give the glory to the Father. And as I close, there's a couple of questions that I want to ask you right now. The first one are, is, is just simply, are you abiding in the vine? Have you made a decision to put your faith in Christ? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? Second question is, are you abiding in the vine? Are you drawing your strength from the vine? Are you drawing your strength from a relationship with Christ? 
And the third question is, are you bearing fruit today? Are you bearing fruit today? Because of your relationship with Christ, can others see Christ living through you? Where do you stand today? You see, sometimes God reveals things in our lives that we need to get rid of, that need to be pruned, need to be dealt with for us to be who we're supposed to be. You see, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have that relationship with Him. But for us to become who we're supposed to be, we have to remain connected to the vine. Again, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for being our gardener, Lord. Thank you for looking over all your creation. Lord, thank you for the vine. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus and for him being the vine, Lord. And when we stay connected to him, the fruit we bear and give you the glory for is all because of that relationship. Lord, I just pray that if there's anybody here, anybody listening to this message that don't have that relationship, Lord, that you touch their heart this morning and accept you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, for some of us who's been on that journey, maybe we need to be lifted up. Lord, I pray that you lift us up to where we can get the nutrients. Lord, will you get us out of the dirt where we can't be trampled on? Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I also thank you for pruning us. Sometimes it's uh, not pleasant to cut some of the things out of our lives that we need to cut out of our lives to, to stay abiding in the vine, Lord. But thank you for doing that. Lord, I just give you thanks for this wonderful church, this wonderful community. In Jesus' name, amen.